As we interact with God's Word again this morning, as I occasionally say that uh, my sharing from Scripture comes from a love affair, or several love affairs, a love affair with the Lord on my part. I love you guys, and I'm committed to Scripture. And as we interact with a portion of Scripture this morning and seek to apply it in our life, encourage you to be hearers of the Word and not doers only. Are the following individuals free? Josie, a 15-year-old, gets up tomorrow morning and goes through her routine of washing, dressing, and breakfast. Around 10 a.m., her mother tells her that she is to do some laundry, sweep the house, and weed several flower beds today. Josie is seeking to live with Christ as her life, and having a pattern of renewing her mind, she responds to her mother with a cheerful, glad-to-mother, and begins to work. As she begins her work, she reflects on the fact that God has given her parents to guide her and to direct her, so that she can mature into a godly young lady and walk with God. She also reflects on the fact that her design at this time is to be obedient to her parents. She also recognizes that work is part of reflecting the image of God. As she works, her thankfulness for her parents and God's design increases. Is she free? Alfred, a 30-plus-year-old who is married, has two children. He works 45 hours a week at a mentally and physically draining job. Overall, he enjoys his job and is able to provide adequately for his family. As he is driving home from work on Thursday, he thinks about the honey-do list that he should get done since it's been weeks, and Nancy has reminded him several times. He knows both children will want to play with him, and he should play, but it will be a chore. He thinks about the Phillies game he would like to watch. With some resignation, he concludes, he better do a couple honey-do-it items and play with the children a while. Is Alfred free? Alice is a 50-year-old lady who has the ability and giftedness to be an encourager. In the ladies' Sunday school class, items of concern are shared by several ladies. She also notes in the care and share that Ron Sorber had surgery, Geneva Jumper had surgery, and Beverly Delcanic continues to receive treatment for cancer. Her thoughts almost immediately go to taking some action to reach out. Her thoughts also turn to Christ's love and Christ's grace and the fact that he is, in, that he is her life. She calls a friend and the two of them make plans to visit Geneva and Beverly. They also prepare a meal and take it along for both Geneva and Sam and Beverly and Arden. Alice mentions to her husband that it would be a great encouragement to Ron and Rose if they stopped in to visit with them for a few minutes. Is Alice free? Joe is getting up to prepare to go to work. As he eats, washes, dresses, he thinks about the difficult day ahead. The boss has been in his case, expecting much. Several co-workers seem to be in rare moods for a number of weeks. By the time he gets into his car to leave, he would rather stay home. 
About halfway to work, this thought crosses his mind. If Christ is my life, why am I dwelling on and letting these thoughts linger in my mind? He's at work in me with a power beyond what I can comprehend. He confesses to God that his thinking has not been on track, nor has his thinking been according to God's design. He reflects on the fact that God wants him to work as unto him today and not his boss. By the time he arrives at work, he's been seeking to rely on Christ. Throughout the day, he has deep mental battles because of work. But the Holy Spirit brings him back to the fact that Christ is his life. Is he free? In Mark's gospel, the religious leaders brought bondage, a list of rules, have-tos, do's, don'ts. Christ came to bring freedom. Christ healed, he forgave, he loved, he freed people to live in the severe or design or pattern for which they were created. In light of the freedom Christ brings, we've been taking a couple of weeks to reflect on what it means to be free in Christ. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Look at it, <clears throat> some verses, and then look at more of what's involved in being free in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul is writing as an apostle to the saints in Ephesus. And he extends grace and peace to them from God the Father. And then in verses 3 of chapter 1 through the end of chapter 3, he discusses what it means to be in Christ, to have a relationship with God. And then in chapters 4, 5, and 6, he discusses, you know, what that looks like while you're on the job, while you're with your family, when you're paying your taxes, you know, when you're driving and so on. How do you live with Christ as your life? day by day. Verse 3 of chapter 1, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. For he chose us in him, in Christ, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished in us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of the will, or his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. And we could read on, but we'll stop there. Paul, again, is speaking to believers. Those who are living after the cross, those who have repented of sin and trusted in Christ. And notice a number of items that he mentions. Verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who... That is, God has blessed us in the heavenly realms, the unseen realms, with blessings that are not material, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. How much has God blessed us 
if we're believers in Christ, with every spiritual blessing. He can't bless us with any more. He's given them all. With every spiritual blessing. I think he lists some of them then. For he chose us in him. God chose us in Christ before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. For the believer, one day in the future, we're going to be presented to God holy, without sin, and blameless without the charge of sin. That's in Christ. I don't know about you, I think all of us struggle in life at least once a week. But in Christ, going to be presented holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ at accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. For the believer, adopted as a son, as a daughter of God. Who am I? Who are you if you're a believer in Christ? Adopted as a son or daughter of God. Who made the choice? God did. It wasn't something we decided. In love, he predestined us to be adopted. In verse 7, in him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood. The idea of redemption is to buy out. What have we been bought out of? Sin. Slavery to sin. The consequences of sin. In him we have redemption through his blood. Quite often in any given day, when I'm struggling mentally, the Spirit of God reminds me, Dan, you've been redeemed. You don't have to be a slave to those thoughts. That's redemption. And then he goes on. The forgiveness of sins. God forgives sin for the believer. Sin, sins. Not on his record. And notice that redemption and forgiveness is in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Grace, giving to us what we don't deserve, lavishing in us, or being lavished in us with all wisdom and understanding. God knew what he was doing when he redeemed us. God knew what he was doing when he forgave us in Christ. That was done with wisdom and understanding. And all of that ties in with what he purposed in Christ. And we could go on in chapters 1, 2, and 3, but we won't this morning. When you get to chapter 4 then, Paul says, as a prisoner of the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you received. Live worthy of the calling you received in Gen- or Exodus, Ephesians. <laughs> Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. Being humble, gentle, patient, bearing with one another, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. He talks about how we relate to one another in believers in chapter 4 and beginning of chapter 5. Then he talks about the husband-wife relationship in chapter 5. He talks about the parent-child relationship in chapter 6. He talks about the slave and master or employee-employer relationship. He talks about the armor of God in chapter 6. 
the freedom we have in Christ, the blessing with every spiritual blessing, going to be presented to God holy and blameless, the redemption, the forgiveness, the being adopted, just influence day-by-day living. Freedom in Christ, as we mentioned last week, is living 24-7 from a growing desire to think, to believe, to talk, to act, within the design, the structure, the pattern provided by God through the life we have in Christ, in dependency upon the Holy Spirit. See, the life we have in Christ is described in the verses we discussed in Ephesians 1, also present in chapter 2 and chapter 3. And then in chapters 4, 5, and 6, living out that life day by day. And living that out as a man, as a woman, as a husband, as a wife, as a father, as a mother, as a child, as a citizen, and so on. Mentioned earlier, Josie, a 15-year-old, seeking to live out her life in Christ as a daughter. I mentioned Alfred seeking to live out his calling as a man, as a husband. Alice, as a woman gifted with the gift of encouragement and comfort, seeking to live out her calling day by day. And Joe, as a worker, having a tough time on the job, seeking to live out his calling as an employee. That's freedom in Christ. Some thoughts as it relates to freedom in Christ. Movement from I'm trying to I'm relying. Movement from I can't, or I can to I can't. Christ's life is lived through us. This may be something many of you don't do, and I'm not encouraging anyone else to do it. I jog for exercise trying to take care of my physical well-being because the doctor said you need to do something. Walking's too slow. So I jog. And there have been many a morning I get up and I spend some time alone with God and then I do some other exercise before I go jogging. But there have been many a morning I say, God, do I have to jog? No, I don't have to. And then I think some more. Well, I guess I should take care of my physical well-being. So I guess I have better jog. And as I'm jogging, I will think about the fact that I'm certainly not doing this because I just enjoy it beyond the nth degree. I'm jogging primarily to seek to take care of my physical body. But in the process of doing that, over and over I have to think, Christ is my life. Jogging is part of my life. Christ is concerned about that. He's my life when I'm jogging, as well as doing other things. You get up tomorrow morning and you go to work. 
rather than think, I'm going to try to be a godly employee today, think instead, Lord, I can't be a godly employee today. Christ is my life. He's the one that enables me. He's the one that is at work in me. Rather than thinking, I'll just try to be a godly son or daughter. God, I want to be a godly son or daughter. I am to obey, but it's Christ at me, in me. He's the one who has blessed me with every spiritual blessing. He's the one who has redeemed me. He's the one who has forgiven me. He's the one who is at work within me with a power that is beyond what I can ask or comprehend. Josie, I don't think it's unrealistic for a child to be seeking to live like Josie did. No, God gave me parents for my good, for my profit. Or Alfred, struggling with being a godly man and responding to his family because he's got to do his honey-do-it list. He wants to watch a game, but he should play with his kids. God, I can't. It's Christ at work in me. In relation to Christ and the life we have in Christ, there is not a list of don'ts and or do's and don'ts, but a desire to know and to experience God and Christ. So Joe's going to a tough job, and he's been struggling, and he struggles basically all day. And his mind comes back to the fact that it's not a matter of what I do or don't do today. It's a matter of Christ is my life. And I'm working as unto Christ. Choosing to let go of control. Outcomes. There is freedom in resting in Christ. Those of you who are parents and grandparents or will be, we like to control our kids sometimes, don't we? We try to, we want to make them respond in a certain way. We can't. Oh, we can try, but in the process, we drive them away. There's freedom in letting go of control. Yesterday, I was reading a book on suffering. The guy was sharing about his wife finding out that she had Huntington's disease and his three sons. And then lo and behold, he found out that uh, his wife's mother was aware of having the disease before he and his wife got married. And all kinds of thoughts went through his mind. Why didn't they tell us? Maybe we wouldn't have married. Maybe we wouldn't have had these children. And we wouldn't have to have our children go through things like that. get to the end of the book and he's praising God in the midst of tremendous struggle because he said, says, I'll rest in Christ today. Whatever comes tomorrow, I'll rest in Christ tomorrow. See, that's letting go of control. Wishing things had been different in the past. Freedom in Christ involves being sensitive 
to the Holy Spirit. He is at work in us. Don't ignore the thoughts, the impressions, the conviction that comes to your mind or input that others may share with you. Don't ignore that. Quite often, a thought will go through my mind in an example. A thought will go through my mind, call so-and-so. And my initial response is, I'm not sure why I'm thinking that, but I'll leave it rest. And it'll go through my mind again, maybe a minute or two later, and I think, you know, I think the Spirit is at work in me, trying to walk with Christ as my life, and I'll give the person a call. And quite a few times, a person will say, thanks. I needed that. See, that's the Spirit of God at work in us. You're in the midst of losing it with your kids. In fact, you already lost it. And then you're waddling around in the self-pity and so on of, I should have known better, I know better, I guess I didn't try hard enough. And the Spirit of God says, do you realize that in Christ you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing? You've been adopted as a son or daughter of God. You're going to be presented to God holy and blameless. You've been redeemed. God, thanks. I did blow it, but I thank you for what I have in Christ. Freedom in Christ practically means just a couple thoughts in light of Ephesians. I don't have to avoid lying, but desire to speak the truth because the Spirit of God is at work in me. I don't have to avoid cutting words, but desire to speak building words coming from Ephesians 4, 29 and 30. I don't have to carry bitterness, but desire to forgive others coming from Ephesians 4, 30 and 31. I don't have to give to others, but desire to love others because, again, Christ is my life. I don't have to submit to my husband and respect him, but desire to submit and respect because Christ is my life. I don't have to love my wife, but I desire to because Christ is at work in me. I don't have to obey mom and dad, my parents, but I desire to honor and obey them. That's the Spirit of God at work in us. That's Christ as our life, a process over time as the Spirit of God works in us. I don't have to exasperate my children but I desire to train and instruct them in the Lord. None of us, I don't think, have arrived at all of them, but the freedom in Christ is moving towards a desire to, because Christ is at work within us. Something wrong, you know, in how we're responding. When we don't desire to live within the design, the structure, the pattern that God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit provided for us. I probably need to step back and say, you know, what's going on in my life? And I don't seem to have that desire. A couple examples. And these are only possible examples of what it may look like to live with Christ as our life, freedom in Christ. This is not a set pattern. It's not something you follow. If I do these things, I'm free in Christ. Just some thoughts. Going to work or school. Christ is my life. 
No, it affects I want my attitude to be accordingly. I want my motive to be accordingly. And I list a number of scriptures there. Just Christ is my life. So Lee Ryan gets up tomorrow morning and he heads off to work and he's thinking, how many pills will I handle today? I wonder what the boss is going to be like today. And he thinks, you know, Christ is my life. Christ is at work in me. I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. I've been adopted as a son of God and so on. You know, it makes a difference. I desire to let Christ live through me. God, I just want you to live through me. Here is God's design. Mentally review it. You know, God designed me. I'm supposed to go to school and I'm supposed to learn. That's what the government says. That's what my parents say. I'm going to do it. I can't in and of myself, but, you know, Christ is my life. Express to God your desire to live in such a manner. God, I just want to be sensitive to you today. So on the way to work, you have some bad traffic. And the Spirit of God produces a different response in you. That's freedom in Christ. See, the Spirit produces His fruit in us. And as He's producing His fruit, we respond in ways that we might not normally respond. As we seek to be sensitive to Christ in us, as just described, I think God works in our desires. They begin to change. Last week, you laughed when I said about maybe we'll get to the point of desiring to pay taxes. Well, we're supposed to pay the taxes. That's part of our design, isn't it? So you're talking to someone, you say, ah, I'm free, and I desire to pay my taxes as God designed me. I'm part of citizens of this country. Another example. Maybe you're tempted to shape up a husband and control children. I'm not sharing this from a wife's perspective other than what wives and mothers have told me. So I think I'm pretty realistic in assuming that you ladies like to shape up your husband sometimes. Maybe not shape him up, shake him up too. Now you feel like getting a hold of him, you know, and so on. Or to control the kids. Oh, my kids, you're just ready to turn to them. Well, Christ is my life. Romans 5 through 8, Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, Colossians 1 and 2. Here's God's design. It's, I'm not responsible for my husband. God wants me to have a gentle and a quiet spirit. He wants me to teach my children not con- to control them or to make them obey. Now that's freeing. So for Ruth Ann to think, I don't have to try to control Dan any longer. I don't have to try to make him be a man and to love me and lead me. I don't have to do that. God wants me to have a humble and a, or a gentle and a quiet spirit and wants me to follow his leadership and so on. That's free. There's freedom to confess if there's failure. God, you know, I blew it. But here's who I am in Christ. As we live as described above, what happens? 
God works in our desires. Give one more example. Temptation to pornography. I heard some statistics on the radio this week. I wasn't looking for it, just happened to turn the radio on. Gave some statistics. I was just, you know, some surprised. But there's a temptation. The previous one was addressed to ladies. This is addressed more to men. Christ is my life. Whether I struggle with pornography or not, Christ is my life. He's at work in me. Here's God's design. No joy, satisfaction, sexual fulfillment is to come within the marriage relationship. When I say seeking help next, I'm talking about being part of a body, interacting with other men in way of encouragement, the way of direction, someone that you can share with where you're at. Freedom does not mean freedom from temptation. Freedom is how we live in the midst of temptation, seeking to let Christ be our life. Again, as we live as described above, our desires begin to change. Are you free in Christ? Have you come to faith in Christ? Have you trusted in him as Savior? If not, why not today? If you've trusted in Christ, are you free? Or are you living by a series of do's and don'ts? I'm trying, I'm really trying, rather than I'm really relying. I'm resting in what Christ has done. Where's your heart? What direction do you want to go? And with those thoughts in mind, let's take our hymnals and turn to him 546.